I'm Paul Warren. And I'm Ryan Klein. And this is another episode of SEO is Dead and Other Lies. And today, we're going to be talking about content. Excellent. We have uh, Corey Coleman here, who's our special guest today. We're going to be talking about content with him as well, because he does uh, strategize and manage quite a bit of content, especially on our super cool agency side team. And uh, he has a lot of insight that he's going to be able to share with us today. I'm excited to have you here. I've been waiting for this moment. So... Let's talk a little bit about content creation to start, and then we'll uh, get a little bit into how to fix broken content. So when I say broken content, I mean just content that's not converting very well and it's not ranking very well. So uh, Corey, why don't you tell us a little bit about how you find content? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, first off, going with a, a you know, starting off with they say a new client, um, you know, you're going to analyze their their practice areas, their services, um, and then you're going to use you know your, your usual tools as far as um, AdWords Planner, you know, SEM Rush. We should preface though when you start talking about practice area, surface area, uh, sur- surface area, <laughs> service Surf- areas. <laughs> um, the big thing is that we're actually talking about um, one type of client. We're talking about typically a small and medium sized business that has a service, provides a service, not a product, um, contingent upon geography. So I think we're going to be prefacing and we're going to be discussing um, a lot to do with people that service certain geographies. Is that correct? Um, everything you know it, we're, we're discussing right now is going to be local based you know local small businesses or medium sized businesses um, so and that's kind of going to be where the first place you really want to start is uh, looking at geo modified keywords you know so you want to start with the city and then that service area like Ryan had mentioned um, and then going within your keyword planner tools to you know begin doing an analysis and seeing like what are what are the primary keywords for the um, the areas that they, they're trying to um, market to so and then after that you know you're looking at the service areas around that primary area so if you have one main metropolitan area you know you do want to follow and look at see the next closest cities that are within a reasonable distance um, to to target as well and then um, you know copy that over to the other service areas that they do so Corey what are some of the tools that you use for that because I know you mentioned keyword planning tools what do you use yeah so one of the tools um, that I use is keyword planner of course through AdWords and then another tool I use is SEM rush um, SEM rush has some unique features um, while keyword planner gives you a little bit more accurate uh, monthly volume data I feel like keyword planner is complete shit how, how dare Dep- you? All of, come on. How do you use, like use, really use absolutely topical preliminary research with the, Google's really it depends what you, It depends what you're using for. You're giving me for a keyword that it, may or may not be like, true yeah, at all, it, or the complete like lack of any search volume for a keyword when... They might even suggest that as a related keyword research. Corey, how did you surprisingly get, did you Paul get actually, this way? Surprisingly, Paul actually has a good point. You know, it doesn't come often, but um, you know, keyword planner isn't used for gotcha. finding yeah. finding broad keywords. It's not f- used for finding new keywords. It's more used for, in my sense at least, when we use do develop new content strategies, it's finding volume and verifying volume because SEMrush or Ahrefs or Majestic is not going to give you accurate volume data. Corey, you're a natural already. This is going well. <laughs> Corey, yeah. It is. You know, for your first podcast, I think you're crushing it. I think you're killing it right now. So you, so you use keyword planning to, to kind of corroborate what you had in mind and be like, yes, I was correct after all. It's not so much to get the ideas. That and, and as well as a lot of times uh, clients want to see actually what the volume is for certain keywords, especially some of their main keywords. And that's something we'll send over to them in, in an email. The real, or report. the real benefit of using it is like drilling down to that geographical area. So you want to know the volume for DUI lawyer, whatever example that we're going to use later on in this 
for that volume in that city and that, and that yeah. geographical area. Yeah, we also want to see what's more popular, DUI lawyer or DUI attorney, or we want to see what are the other variations that we should be targeting most. That's a good point. Uh, do you believe that Google, I don't want to go off on a tangent, but this is pretty relevant. Do you think that Google has, um, I guess, adapted its, its intelligence and its knowledge enough to know that a lot of keywords are interchangeable? Like at this point, Google's like, yeah, auto accident and car accident are the same thing. Lawyer and attorney like, are the same thing. They're pretty good at LSI. Yeah. So, yeah, Google can definitely read synonyms, um, but you're also going to notice that there are, is a significant ranking difference between two similar keywords such will, as lawyer or attorney. I will say that's or, totally true. Like even the difference of something being plural or not will have what, completely different. Why don't rankings. you uh, let our listeners know what the LSI means? So the L it means latent, oh. and that's all I remember. It's, it stands for latent semantic indexing, and really, it's just a fancy term for. Synonyms for terms. For well, keywords. you're a fancy guy, so I imagine that's why you said it. I, I don't know if anyone has ever sounded as fancy as Corey sounds right now on this podcast. You're exquisite. Keep going. I'm just playing my beard. <laughs> so, getting back on topic here, how, how you pick keywords. So, you're drilling down geographically. You're seeing uh, specifically what people are going for, and like that's going to be like your main thing that you're going after. But let's, I mean, picking keywords is one thing, putting stuff in page titles, meta descriptions you know, anchor, anchor text, whatever. How do you come up with good content around those keywords? Yeah, um, you know, coming up with good content around those keywords is, is finding what are people searching? What, what, what are the problems people are looking for answers for? Um, you know, a, a big thing also is looking at, at the amount of like um, searches being used as far as voice search or, um, you know, find a lawyer near me, find the best pest control service near me. Um, those things are very interesting to, to to look at, but as far as content goes on the other areas, you also you need to look at all the very different, unique, specific niches. Here's what I really want to talk about, like content-wise. I mean, like picking keywords, whatever. That's like fucking like great and all, but like really, what we want to talk about is like shit, like converting and like ranking, right? And like, there's only so much you can really pick out of like a list of keywords for that's like to work. So you know what happens when maybe you have rankings or whatever, but you don't have conversions from it. So, like, what do you do then when you look at the content? Like, how do you analyze that content, and how do you get better content or revise the content so it's going to work? One of the reasons that we're doing this podcast, and I hope that hopefully this isn't cut out because this is actually kind of the premise of why we decided to do this in the first place, is that uh, Corey and I have a couple, actually we have three simultaneous reoptimization projects for both our own website for um, a criminal defense client and a PI client. And it's all these clients for people that get tons of content, and we're just looking at it saying, you know, we spent a lot of time on this. There's good writers that dedicate time to doing it. What can we do to like revitalize and make sure it isn't squandered or isn't wasted? Because a lot of topics we did good, you know, it's just like we were saying. We did a lot of good keyword research and topic research. And we know that the topics are relevant. They're, they're worthy of people searching for it. So what we can can we do to bring it back to life? Yeah. And like I have a really good uh, example about this uh, when you, when you're done that's not like location-based. It's just gonna be, cause that's what I had to do a major job with uh, at my last like SEO position, was sort of taking over that and revising that content. Since you left that job, can you just be like, I remember. I'm not, like, gonna, I'm not gonna talk uh, okay. about specifics with that job. <laughs> no, no problem. Anyway. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, like the first place to go as far as conversions, you know, we're talking, we've been talking a lot about keywords and creating content, but um, we haven't really talked as far as fitting that content within a design, you know, within a layout. And I think that's something we need to consider when you're talking about conversions. 
man, I know the viewers, or not the viewers, obviously, the listeners right now can't see Corey's face, but he's so excited to be doing this podcast. You just have a big old smile on your face. Very excited. Yeah, yeah. you're like, I didn't like, even realize I had yeah, a smile. Yeah, you're it's like a, smiling. It's a Christmas morning for you. Yeah, you're like, this is freaking rad. Do I get a present? No, no. you don't. No, no, your present this is, is your present. Your present is the knowledge that four people are going to download this. But anyway. Uh, <laughs> Wait, I thought you said have five. Well, that was the last going down. Four of them, so it's like one yeah, person. They're going to be like Corey Coleman. Oh, God, I don't want to listen to him for forty minutes. Um, do you want to start with kind of with? Or do you want to dive right into what our reoptimization project looks like as far as what we what we do? Because I think that our process is pretty solid and it probably makes sense to a lot of people that do what we do. And for people that don't know as much as we do, it'd be like, hey, that's like a probably pretty good approach. So. Yeah, and I think it's a unique and interesting approach and something that a lot of people don't think about doing. Um, you know, you want to really go start out with taking, you know, a look at your analytics, going back a year and downloading all that information, you know, export that out and then organize it in a sense where you set a threshold, you know, what's what content has only had X amount of views over this past year, you know, let's say we put 15, 20, 30, whatever it is, you know, whatever you decide is the appropriate amount. You now set that threshold, and now the content that's under that threshold is the stuff that needs to be re-optimized. Agreed. I mean, the, the idea that, so like, let's say what a threshold would be, you're saying, you know, a couple of numbers, but like, let's say it's 12 for the sake of argument, or or, or to make an example. Um, if you're saying that 12 people read this blog or got this blog through organic in the past year, so only one person a freaking month found this blog and read it a, a month, that's probably not that satisfying to anyone that, that, um, that created that. So creating a threshold is like, how many people is like enough for something niche? Is it like 30 people? Like, would, it, would you be satisfied if maybe like two or three people came across it a month? And if those numbers look good behind it too? So like, let's say the bounce rate is like nothing and they navigated like four pages afterwards and they read the article for five minutes. Would you be happy that like three or four people read a month? Maybe some people would, maybe some people wouldn't. It depends on what kind of website it is. So that's kind of how you kind of determine what that threshold is. Yeah, I think we need to specify too. Like we're we're not talking about super long tail stuff. I mean, if four people come to something that's like five words deep, five key you know keywords. I mean, that's not bad because it might be really high converting, and like well, maybe five people get you five sales. Well, that's a huge. That's a great yeah. point. So yeah. like really, what you need to be looking at, uh, what I always look at uh, if something's successful is like the bounce rate too. So even if it's like ranking really well, you might be in the top three, but if you have like a 90 plus bounce rate uh, on that content, it's really not serving the purpose that, that you had for it. Yeah, and go a step farther and you know look at the next page path. You know you can use through analytics, you can see you know where this traffic's going for those pages, and though the bounce rate might be good because they're going to another page, you know you need to make sure that they're not just dumping off the next page. Sure, or they're not clicking on something random like. Uh, some bogus link or pop-up that you might have on your website you might throw it off who knows yeah and so another thing that i like to do too is uh, search console uh, really gives you a lot of great information on the actual click uh, keywords that, that people are using to get to that particular page and then you can really i mean it's almost like going back in the day when uh, google analytics would give you the exact keywords that people search to get to your site. We, we all miss that. I feel amazing. I feel bad for kind of newer SEOs that never knew that like, oh come on, it was always not provided. It's like, no dude, you used to be able to see all the keywords. That it was, was amazing. pretty that was a pretty wild time. And you could just super optimize for that one keyword that got all the clicks. And it was so easy. When did, when did that change? About a few years ago already, right? Oh, that was about 2000, 2011. Was when no it way. started when they started uh, taking that away and then it was completed really? in 2012. 
there's, Holy crap. there's that's talk with the new update that they're actually going to start dating that back farther, but I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, but with Search Console, it really does give you a lot of that information. Yeah, Search Console is really legit. Um, so let's let's not too sidetracked. So um, okay, let's let's say we determine a threshold. Let's say that um, if you're like a small, medium-sized business, and you and you let's say you only get like um, I don't want to make anyone feel bad, but let's say you only get like 40, 50 visitors a day. And I know that we work with clients that get less that you know just because it's hyper niche. But um, if you get 40, 50 visitors a day, I mean, if you get a you know a page that gets five views a month, might not even sound that bad. But if you have a website that's like very popular and gets thousands of views a day if you have a page that gets 100 views a month that might be pure crap so let's say you establish your threshold and you're like okay everything below 10 20 visitors let's just say 20 well really like you should be determining what this threshold is based off you know what Corey was saying earlier was the keyword data right so you know yeah. that you should be getting x amount of people or your based yeah. off of the rankings and, and what the keywords bring in from a volume standpoint sure like so, it, the, the monthly so you share just be guessing it, no, it's not. Yeah, I, well, I just want to be very yeah. clear. Like, there's always you have your rep, you have your a system unique system that you can use to, to get to like what's an acceptable threshold. It's let's just say it's. Like, a, I feel good about it. No, let's just say it's an educated reference point. Yeah. That sounds good. <laughs> yeah. So once you establish your educated reference point of of what sure, your let's is, let's say it's twenty, and then you identify that there are um, eighty pages of content on your website that get nineteen or less visitors a year. How do you proceed with, I guess, pre-established reoptimization process? Yeah, I, I, you know, you want, of course, it depends. One, you know, if you have a team, if it's if it's if you're kind of managing the SEO or the the optimization yourself, um, you want to take a look and um, separate that out. See what each thing needs, and and use maybe like a, a color system to identify um, what each page needs. You know, for instance, a color this, system on Excel. Okay. You know, you want to use this in Excel or Google Sheet, whatever's easiest for you, you know, especially if you're sharing with people, maybe you want to use a Google Sheet. Um, but use a color system. Say, for instance, we have pages that need content reach rights, pages that need meta title and description updates, pages that need, um, you know, call to actions added to them. That's something a little bit more detailed. But let's just separate it into two different categories, you know, like meta title and description updates and content rewrites or content updates. Um, and then highlight those things and, and highlight those um, pages within the Excel spreadsheet. And then some pages are going to need both, you know, and so you highlight a specific color and then you assign those out to yourself or whoever's on your team. I, th I think we we might have skipped a couple of steps. So so I think that what we do is like, obviously we're, we're going to Google Analytics. We're doing, maybe we're going under behavior. We're going to go under like, uh, what, site search. And oh, then we're going to go to landing pages. Okay. I feel like it's like I'm. I'm not trying to do instructions, Man, I'm but I have to edit so much out of this podcast. No, no, no. <laughs> going like, well, well, like what I'm, what I'm trying to like do is exactly is, how to do it. All I'm trying to say is like how you'd actually it. get to that point because there's like a couple of steps to get yeah. to that point. Okay. So like, Let's, yes, you're in analytics. You went to your data range. You went to the past year. Okay. Now you have that past year. Then you go to like the sidebar. Then it says behavior, and it goes to site search, and then it goes to landing pages. Then you have landing pages, but then you want to select it by organic because we're only talking about organic right now. And then it's going to list out all the pages but because Google Analytics it's only going to show so many rows so you're going to go to the bottom and you're going to select like max amount of rows which I believe is 5,000 500 I thought it was 5,000 are you sure it's 5 I think it's 5 million and <laughs> then and then you're going to export it into Excel spreadsheet and then you're going to order it by sessions and then you're going to find your threshold and you're going to delete absolutely everything above that threshold meaning everything that got more searches or sessions than that threshold and then we're at the point where you're uh, talking about the color coordination. 
Thank you. <laughs> I thought that that was necessary. That, that uh, was a good point. Yeah. yeah. So we, a few people. We should put that in a PDF. We, we might need to just start from scratch with this thing right now. <laughs> and then Corey said, from there... From there, you know, you're, you're going to take that spreadsheet and... No, goddammit. <laughs> <laughs> Corey, stop talking about spreadsheets. Holy shit. Spreadsheets are sweet. Uh, we have to just start this. Thing did you not export it? I'm not starting you, this. You haven't exported it yet? No, no, no. This is, this no, is this actually is, good. This is no, actually. this is good stuff. So you have talked about um, that there's certain criteria. We're going to look at the meta information, meta title description. We're going to look at the word count because word count is typically a factor. You're going to look at if the content is just pure freaking garbage to begin with. Like it might have been written and you're like, wow, I had no idea that someone that wrote this was so fucking bad at writing content, to be honest. Yeah. And then... Um, like, yeah, you're gonna look at the the links within that content as well. Yeah, you know, you're gonna look at the headings, even though some people don't feel there's a, an importance of headings. That's so, true. <laughs> there are people that feel that way. You know, it's that's it's your own call. But you know, let the search engines show you the results, like they always do. <laughs> okay, and then how long does it take to to be like, oh, what I did actually made a difference? How long would you wait? Two, at least three, two to three months. Depending on how much content. That sounds good to me. Paul, what do you think? Uh, I wouldn't necessarily wait two to three months. I think you can see results from, especially on-page edits that you make to content, and there's definitely a fresh factor. There's definitely a fresh factor with content and updates and stuff that can be picked up pretty quickly by the algorithm. Uh, I actually think like on-page edits see a much faster result and changes in the SERPs and links. Uh, links that you have because obviously you have to wait for those things to get indexed individually and like the SEO juice to be pushed to those pages but I think oh, so, like, you, so you think the semantic change is different than, yeah, a, than something referred think, from another well, domain I, because you know websites have a have a crawl budget and they're regularly crawled depending on like the amount of traffic that you're bringing in they're regularly crawled uh, all the time and that's where like a lot of times if you're buying links or if you're building links they might be on very deep pages on a website or you have to trust someone to like get those links indexed and there's like a number of things and maybe you don't even know like the URLs for those links and you can't index them yourself or use a, use a service for it. So I think ultimately if you make on-page edits you can see changes in the SERPs a lot faster than like link related edits. So I would say like even within like two weeks you could definitely see the changes, some change positive or negative from, from what you did. I think Paul has a pretty good point because if you look at the, the Google search console and you see like supposedly how many pages are being crawled daily, it's a freaking lot of pages. Mm -hmm. Like typically, like if your page, if your website's like 400 pages, it'll be like, oh, it crawled like 80, 100 that day. So it means like, did you cycle through my website in four days, five days, probably. Yeah, and you can also, for the most part, force Google to crawl that page through Search Console if you want. So That works. It definitely works. Real quick. It's also, it's a really good way to get Links crawl uh, for other things. Oh, let, like, me, let me mention something about that. We'll talk about that. Let me, let, me, let me tell a real quick story that uh, we did have a little mishap with a certain client we're not going to talk about, it, obviously, but a certain city that they were in was spelled incorrectly. And uh, we changed the, the meta title and we pushed it through Google, like index this right away. And it reflected in the search engine probably within 10 minutes. So if you ever want to push something through and for it to be re indexed, it's going to freaking re index. So actually, I got kind of a crazy story to tell you guys. This is off topic, but I want to talk about it. How crazy? I, I've never seen this before. Off ever. the microphone, too? No, I'm going gonna, no. I'm gonna to cover it up. It's covered. Don't cover that up. It's covered. It's really bad. Okay, go for Experience it. There. Uh, no, so right now I'm working in the rehab niche for SEO. And the Google has manually placed one government website, number one, 
and Google. Oh, they did? Across the board for all these terms. Regardless of what city you're in, what state, it doesn't matter what you do. You can't build links to beat it. it they are mandatory number one. And I've never before seen that for any industry. So we can do. What's the government page? Oh, I don't remember right now off the top of my head. Mm. It's it's a it's a it's basically for things that are rehab or like addiction related stuff. It's it's a it's a government. Website. Why don't they just pay for pay for the ads so, like everyone else? I saw a similar situation where the government, as in the state of you know a certain state, was uh, placing their the state of a certain state. <laughs> placing the state of the state. The state, the state, state of, of a certain state. You know, uh, the state of a certain country. I, I think they already say. know that we're in Florida, so you but, can actually uh, say that because we, we've talked about it. Yeah, so anyways, beautiful Orlando. it could be like, you know, fl.gov, whatever you want to call it, um, place their government link at the very top of any uh, law-related keywords. But um, with some powerful SEO efforts, you know, they uh, were demoted to number two position. So, yeah. so I, I just found it interesting that there are no amount of SEO efforts that can demote this to the number two position is you know yeah manually so Corey came to the scene it was it's been like mandated like they have to put it there and so they it's literally manually done by google there's no algorithm like changes to it how do you know it's mandated there there was like a news story about it Mm. let's beat it (laughs) you cannot beat it let's 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 start let's turn off the podcast and start working on it okay I'm excited about that, actually. You guys want to just start doing my job for me? Bye, guys. <laughs> we got our marching orders. We got other stuff to do. Yeah. All right. So I can talk to you guys a little bit about what I do to repurpose content or fix bad content, really. Uh, so when I took over my last SEO position, uh, their idea of, of blogging was really like maybe 200 words of content about just some random thoughts someone in this industry was having. Uh, there was hundred, hundreds and hundreds of, of articles like that. that they didn't really serve any particular purpose. A lot of them were even like news-related type things that were happening in, in, the, in the industry at that moment. Uh, so there was like a very short lifespan of them. And so the, the general page view for most of these was like zero. Uh, it was about zero uh, <laughs> over a Not two more, year time. Nothing more, time. nothing less. Yeah, so the idea of evergreen content wasn't something that they had ever even thought about. Um, you know, when you think, and especially when you think about like SEO and, and blogging, you want to have stuff that has a very long shelf life um, that's going to bring in leads and traffic for like multiple years. Yeah. Um, and But they had never done anything like that before. So I had to meticulously go through all this stuff. And like the biggest part problem with it is whoever was building the pages was just going willy nilly with the page titles. The URLs and you know all the metadata. We're talking about URLs, like the URL structure. Well, yeah. So like the keywords in the and, URLs and like parent pages the too. Or? Yeah. So we had all these pages that were indexed that were going after keywords that you would want something that was evergreen related, right? Uh, but it wasn't anything like that. It wasn't going to convert. It wasn't getting any traffic. There wasn't enough of a word count for it to really make any effect. Uh, it was. It just was never going to rank for the stuff that they were going after. And so, and then there would be like multiples of the same thing. So there would be like, they were cannibalizing, shittily cannibalizing themselves with shitty content and like causing problems with me. So I had to go through all this stuff, delete it, redirect it to like the actual articles that I wanted that were about those subjects um, and like get everything recrawled. So it didn't look like we had multiple pages on the site about the same thing. Uh huh. Story is a lot about you and how you feel. I, I didn't feel good about it. <laughs> but you did it. Uh, no, actually, bring up a, gr- a great point. I want, um, I want to mention this before we proceed with another part of the conversation, but 
when we're doing our reoptimization and we're t and we're doing it uh, right now for three different projects, we're doing it for a PI client, we're doing it for a criminal defense client, we're doing it for our own website. Um, any instance of it being like news, like news or or uh, timely, we're probably skipping over it. So if it's like our own website, every single time we're talking about like. This is how you set up a Facebook business account or a Twitter business account or Instagram business account or Google comes out with a new algorithm update or Facebook did this th thing and it's all two, three years ago. It's just getting skipped over. It's probably actually going to get de-indexed because it's just like, why in the world would you spend your time um, re-optimizing anything that was news or, or topical at the time? There's no use for it now. So it's like, uh, oh, the new Hummingbird update comes out and it gets two views now. It's like, well, it's because there's that Hummingbird update doesn't happen anymore. Yeah, I so mean, that's all you have to, point. You have to archive that stuff. Yeah, it's going to get and archived. There's an archive for a reason, and that's the yeah. reason that you want to use it. And then, like, if it's a yeah, completely disregard anything that's that's news. So it's like criminal defense. It's like you know, John Goodman kills UCF student. He's a real motherfucker, and he went to jail for the rest of his life, which I'm so happy about. But I'm not going to reoptimize that blog because you know what's the point? No even if, yeah. even if in a sense with the, with that, you know, like maybe you, you come out with a blog that says something about new sexting laws or or you know new criminal offense law for this or that, you know, and you probably do might you, so rank for something that's very similar that might be searched. Do, do it's going to be so unrelated. It's not even. It's how, not even. How, worth do, how do you guys on. feel about appending and working on existing laws that get an update to the law and then taking that old blog from maybe two three years ago that has a, a new uh, iteration of the law and then like adding to it. I don't have any problem with that. I actually think that you can continually add to articles that you have on your site, uh, post, whatever, and mm -hmm. update it with like better information that's coming out. And I think that... Do you think people appreciate that maybe even more? I that, think, you, that you've been working on the I same think, article for several years? I don't years? know if people care either way because they're probably seeing it for Do the first Google's time. care? But I think that... I think Google... Uh, does take into account freshness and, and of like content and updates to content. And I think anytime you put more effort into a page and it crawls at it and sees it, I think you do see a ranking benefit over time for, for doing that. Yeah, and it can be beneficial too, especially if you're updating like a laws page, like we, like we were talking about. Um, and those laws do change. You know, those laws are something that you're going to get in the snippets with. You know, and, and a fresh page is something that snippets are going to like. Have you got a snippet? Maybe once or twice. Oh yeah, you got a snippet. Maybe two oh, yeah. or three. Maybe two I've or three. Tons of actually, I I didn't dress Paul, but I was actually looking at Greg on the couch when I said that he's been here the whole time. Greg, you yes, no, Greg. didn't get a snippet. Anyway, what are you talking about? <laughs> I'm talking about you. You get a snippet. I get a snippet. Oh, good. Snippets are crazy. That's a whole different story, um, and schema is a whole another story too. That's another. That's actually a good podcast. Documents. Snippets are crazy. Yeah. And schema's even crazier. Yeah, we're, we're, we were just talking about doing job job schema for someone. That's like a make or break. Like uh, especially you, our buddies. You have to. Oh, our buddies you have to have. If you're yeah, career, job schema is a no brainer. website you have to have. I, it now. I, thought, I thought we were gonna. Start, it's the same thing as Google I, local business. In I a thought sense. that we were gonna sell those do, those not duds those dudes downstairs solely because I I told them I was gonna be able to get them job schema. Yeah, and they're like. Oh man, Monster and Indeed is like taking that that crap over. I'm like, no. dude, I'm gonna do it for you, and it's like, oh, dude, never mind. That's that's, that's actually the exact opposite. Like, it's featuring like, any company that's gonna be able to do their schema markup correctly. So you're actually gonna be able to rank above Monster and the rest of the companies because it lists above the rest of the organic results. You know, and it gives you an opportunity to to show your listings We're at the very top of the search result pack. Let's let's not go there. This yeah. is riveting this is stuff. Completely yeah. different. This is definitely yeah. but very far, important. It's so much more interesting than we've been talking about for the past uh, 31 minutes. It really is. 
<laughs> Someone's gonna be listening to this, be like, but it's been the past twenty-two minutes. Like, oh man, crap. cut out nine minutes. Sorry. Bullshit. You don't want to do that, anyways. Yeah. Okay. So going back, how we uh, revise some of this this content, and so you know, you're just asking a little bit about does Google really care about that? Oh yeah. The blog example. So I know, you know, I had a, like an article published uh, my last place, and it was probably there for about six months, and it didn't really get a lot of traction. And I edited it as much as I can as far as like a, like a keyword density standpoint, um, you know, kind of rewrote it. But then I started adding like videos to it. I started adding uh, additional things within it, like imagery, imagery of like what I was talking about within the text, uh, all this other stuff uh, that made it like a lot more interactive. And then all of a sudden uh, it jumped up to like the number one spot for that. And it took over like the snippet for it. And so, like, all of those things um, wouldn't have happened if I hadn't done that. And, and there weren't any, like, links built behind this. It was literally all on-page stuff. Yeah. I was just uh, super increasing, like, the time on page for that article uh-huh. and, like, the user interaction with it. And all of that uh, resulted in it being jumped up to, like, the number one spot. Do you, I, I think I like, I like there's something, like, um, very cool about the idea of taking really broad topics or something that's just, like, a great article that you wrote or something that you just, like, knit... You just nailed it and just working on it, you know, consistently over time and just watching it evolve and, you know, adding imagery and adding, adding like, little bits and pieces to it. And yeah, you're kind of proud of it at the end. When, when you really have it, like, optimized, you're in the top spot, you have a really low bounce rate on it and it actually gets conversions that, you, that you're tracking, you're kind of like, man, like, I did that and it's way better than everyone else's stuff that they have that, that's ringing on the first page. Yeah, because it's hard to get into the mindset like, oh, I got to write content just for the sake of writing content. I got to follow that uh, aforementioned content is king. I'm just writing just because, like, I have to write and I have to be fresh and I have to do it for Google. And that's the only way Google is going to crawl crap. It's just like, you don't want to write for the sake of writing. You write because, like, you're genuinely, like, stand behind these topics and want to be the authority or expert on these said topics. And you just want to kill it. And you want to be – you don't want people to read other fucking people's articles on it. They're like, no, I wrote it. I wrote it the best. I am the best on that on that topic. And I'm going to do what I can yeah. to make sure that that sits forward. And whatever you read after mine is pure crap and I have the best one. Honestly, if you didn't know anything about SEO and you wanted to rank something number one, my advice would be search that term, read the top article that comes up for that, and then just make something way better. Like, like, at, like at least at least two times better. Yeah, just make it like make it read better, make it like the flow better, uh, you know, make it like way more user friendly, yeah. add cooler stuff to it, and it'll rank better. Just make sure like you keep on saying don't don't like leave this article because if you go next one, it's gonna be way worse. Because <laughs> yeah. this is the best one. Yeah. This is the best article you will read on this subject today. This is the best podcast ever. on content you'll ever listen to. Maybe it's not. all about confidence. Maybe not. <laughs> if you exude confidence in both your, uh, you know, verbally and, and, and through text, yeah. yeah, it's all you know. It's like the the fake. Yeah, so confidence is king, not content. Is king. Oh yeah, confidence. Content is king. confidence. Is so what? King. What, did, what did you say? Uh, confidence king. Wait, <laughs> content. Content is king. So. So, um, so what do you do in a situation, you guys? If if you spent all that time, so uh, in our situation, let's let, let's preface a little bit. So we have um, really good content writers, and um, they spend a lot of time, you know, researching and compiling and proofreading, and then doing like the right formatting and en- entering in the right like internal and external links and finding like a really sweet Shutterstock image that really captures the moment. 
And then it's like the perfect perfect article. It's like so so great. And maybe they spent like three four hours on it, which is not not always, but it happens every once in a while. And then they look back like three months later and like some bitch, this has gotten zero visitors. <laughs> and then they're like, no no no, don't worry. I looked at the meta information. Your title wasn't that great, believe you know actually. And then um, yeah, this is a broad topic. Maybe I could send like a couple links to it. Maybe boost it up with like a little bit of authority. And then three months later. It still doesn't have any visitors. This is a tough one. What do you do? Um, I uh, I uh, advertise that on social. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Just start okay. driving some traffic to it any way I, I can. I didn't mention that. Sure. Would you boost it? You want to th- throw three dollars at I it? I would definitely boost it because I'm a big believer in repurposing your content in every medium that you possibly can. Uh, so every now and then, this situation does happen where it's really good content. Maybe like that. What you're trying to rank for is so competitive that it's just not going to happen for you. Like, you're not going to break the top ten because there's just... The, the level of domains above you are so competitive. Well, and to, and true, as, as far as its published date, and I, and I have multiple times where it, just because the sheer timeliness of it being published is good enough for it to stick. And the best example I can give is, you all remember when I did that Zerelto attorney stuff. I do. And that ranked number two in the country for about a year, not because it's the most authoritative website, not because I built the most links, not because I had the most social shares, but because I published it like four months before the next person. I published it way in advance. Yeah. So how much of that do you think is like people, like you first publish it and then the search volume for that took off, right? Oh, yeah. And then and the people cl- and actually the cl- clicked and then click through, right? Yeah. And so all of that, you know, is recorded in the algorithm that, that right. happened. That's, so that's true. I think like if you can if you can beat like the rush to those things, which doesn't happen very often, um, yeah, that that can definitely happen. No doubt in my mind. But Corey, he mentioned social media. What would you do? Would you would you pat Lauren on the back and be like, "It'll be okay next time"? Are we talking about some content that is just like a very niche? Type of area, well, well, or well, well, you mentioned that uh, Paul over here mentioned it didn't necessarily have to be niche. It could have been kind of broad, but it just it, there's just too many people that beat you to it. So it's like a broad topic, like 50 people wrote about it already. You're mm-hmm. just not going to make it. Um, so, but then uh, you can break through maybe a little bit by doing a little bit of social sharing. What would you think about doing? Uh, Throwing the towel, just give up? No, I, I mean I'd, I'd find what's what's uh, what's the next closest variation that we could possibly rank for okay. for it. Maybe make some optimizations there. So you're and saying then, go, go long tail and try and push people. Go up. more longish? Yeah, p- potentially. Longer. It really depends on are we talking about like a geo modified page or are we talking about something more of like a, a question based? It sounds like more it's like a blog topic. Yeah, let's, type yeah, yeah, yeah let's stick on like question based here. Yeah, something like that. I, I'd probably find a more long tail version if, if we were just so far off from the possibility of getting into the top first page so results. Like, so let's say the blog was like, you know, Beanie Babies have been around forever, right? And 500 people wrote about it already. And then, and then one of our content writers is like, I want to write about Beanie Babies. And she actually compiles, like, the best article about Beanie Babies of all time. But yeah, then it never I would, ranks. I would, I would, no, I would figure out a way to rank it. Oh, yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. I think at this point you just start focusing on taking down the people ahead of it. <laughs> oh, yeah, one at a time. Yeah, yeah. Who hacked my uh, Weebly? Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> where did my Squarespace go? Where did my Where did my uh, Name Solutions website builder got hacked? How is that possible? One of my, one of my clients has his site built in like Squarespace or not Squarespace, 
It's like a worse one than Squarespace. Wix. It is. Sir, yeah, no, wait. Wix, Weebly, and Squarespace. You know what? It might I, be Wix. Honestly, Wix I'm not going to talk crap about Squarespace or, well, not at least not Squarespace, because, man, Squarespace, man, some, Squarespace not, they have some, they have some nice designs, though. No. Shopify has nice designs. Yeah, but, but and, no, if you're all you listening, if you want to make a Squarespace website, type in my promo code, squarespace.com forward slash Ryan Klein in Orlando. <laughs> okay. You don't have those. We should no, I'm not. I am not a proponent of any website builders being that we build websites. Well, the only services we're, we're pitching on here are the ones that we offer. <laughs> so that's our only endorsements. So what have we learned today? Um, we we've learned how to identify. Well, not much. But, well, hopefully some. I mean, a little bit. Paul's texting right now, so he's got better shit to do. <laughs> I'm not texting. Corey's anymore. like thinking, like, I'm gonna start reading this. I'm trying book. to build a Squarespace website. <laughs> You're talking. How cool would it be able to be, be able to build a, a website on your phone? I bet they're de- they've been developing that for years and couldn't figure it out yet. Mm. I bet you anything. Anyway, no. I bet you anything that there's website builders that you can do on your phone. What you see is what you get. Drag and drop. Bet you anything. You bet that there are. Oh yeah. Well, no, at least it's probably template based. I bet field based. Yeah. Well, at least it's something already like created out where you just enter what your information you want in the fields. Well, that's true too. Mobile okay. Based website builder. Let's All right. Go. So, um, to reiterate everything we learned today, so we've we've been like, okay, I have a crap ton of pages on my website. Let's say you have a you know fifty, hundred, five thousand. You're like, there's no way all these pages are performing. That's just not possible. They're not all performing the way that you probably want to. So we go into analytics, and then we identify which ones aren't. We export them. Then we're going to go through the meta title and description. Is always a great start. You're probably going to revise that almost no matter what. If your word count is nothing, or the content is just pure garbage, you know, obviously that's probably going to be the main reason. Yeah, and, and you know, like I think we mentioned, forgot to mention, like you know, sometimes the content rewrite just really involves. Something is adding like one more section to that piece of uh, content. Well, and then sometimes you like make references in your content that are outdated too. That could use like a refresh. And it's like yeah, that like, won't necessarily be the reason why it's not working. But you should just re- you should but, just have good content. But it's like we were talking today about like what makes wine, you know, Chianti from uh, Italy better than a uh, you know uh, Sonoma Valley Cabernet Sauvignon. It's not one little thing. It's not because there's a little bit more potassium in the soil than in one place or another. It's because why like, did you sound super Italian? You're saying that. Because talking about county, um, it's because a lot of different things it could be the, the the weather, it could be because the soil, it could be the water, it could be you know um, what was going on that particular year, the downdraft, updraft. It could be. It's just so many different variables that all comes together, and before you know it, your reoptimization project was kind of worthwhile. Also, yeah. if uh, nothing works after that, uh, go on Mechanical Turk and pay people to go on the site. Tight. Oh, God. We <laughs> should make sure Next that podcast, no matter any podcast we do, it's like, rates. but when in doubt, Mechanical Turk, just yeah. get Just go and buy some, uh, and maybe it'll pick up. You know, sometimes you get a little lighter fluid on the fire. To download our click-through rate study. So uh, right now, your podcast is at about the 30-minute mark. According to us, it's about the 42-minute mark. <laughs> 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 so. This is definitely... So keep that I in mind. Say our best <laughs> podcast. But I will say it's our best. It was one of the more fun podcasts. That's cool. Um, so I think that we covered a lot about content in, in, in the form of like reoptimization. <laughs> we, no, kind of. <laughs> Did we talk about a lot? Yeah, I feel like we covered yeah, like how to download a spreadsheet and identify it. 
and then we like kept getting sidetracked you you went like you went from well i didn't think i have to guide you're gonna gonna go the exact download process you were like you're gonna go on analytics you're gonna look at them and then you're gonna be coloring stuff i said export i mean people know how to export by the way bonus bonus content um so if you're in a metropolitan area and then you have a service, make sure you build out city pages for every single city in your area because I can't tell you how many probably small, small medium-sized business owners are like, I'm just in the city, that's it. But it's like, dude, there's like probably 15 cities around you that you should probably build pages for and you'll probably show up in like the, the probably, at, at least the first page typically. Just, just make sure you like check some populations first. Probably want to set a threshold there too sometimes. Like 10 people? <laughs> like our, like our, uh, like a client that we have in Kansas, and you know, like and like, and like all, the all the content, all the content, Lauren Rashad, right? Uh, and then they see like two fucking you visits. Lawyer, you know, like you never know. <laughs> all right, anyone have any questions? Oh, this is yes, a, this no? is a one-sided Let's conversation. Okay, my apologies. Um, well, this has been a, a really good uh, conversation, Corey. Thanks for coming. I think that you had a good time, even though you're kind of like you know getting comfortable and. What? Oh, we want to record another one after this. Cool. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I think yeah. It's good to you tune back to that. Yeah. Let's yeah. Do I it. hope you're ready for that. All right. Well, this is uh, Paul Warren. This is Ryan Klein. And that was our guest, Corey Coleman. Yeah, it was Corey Coleman. And we're uh, coming <laughs> from uh, Orlando, Florida. If, it, again, if you have any questions or you want to mail in about a, a topic, uh, you can you can uh, email Paul Paul at uh, SEO is deadcast dot <laughs> Com. That is not a thing. I think that we own the website, don't, though. Don't email. You can't it's even a, email, a, email it's me a catch, It's a catch-all. It gets forwarded to mom, and his mom yeah. is the one that's been downloading all yeah. the episodes and, and over-inflating her ego. So appreciate it. Have a good time. Hope you learned something, and we'll all talk soon, all right?